you go, a bit of Latin stuff for you because it's time to uh, link up with our good friend uh, John Bonfilio in Mexico. Uh, John, a uh, very good evening to you. Good evening, Martin. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Yourself? Good. Winter has apparently arrived here. There's a light northerly breeze. Temperatures reach 21 degrees and I'm wearing a sweater. <laughs> 21 degrees. Ridiculous. Now, let's start with those uh, riots at the Capitol in, uh, in the United States, which we watched at uh, 10 o'clock at night uh, here the other night with uh, mounting horror. What was their reaction in uh, or across Latin America to what was going on um, with uh, Donald Trump's supporters in the US? Absolute amazement. I mean, it was the word on on the street and uh, on social media, absolutely everywhere. I mean, everybody was talking about it. And one of the things which was particularly interesting was that even politicians who normally uh, are very um, pro-Trump came out really rapidly and were universally critical of what was taking place and also of the, in, of the alleged you know, incitement that Trump was, was making of the, of the crowds, including his staunchest allies in the region, the likes of Ivan Duque in, in Colombia and so on. The only, this is not going to surprise you, Martin, <laughs> the only standout figure who did not criticize him, who said, who reiterated how much of a Trumpist he was, was our friend Jair Bolsonaro of Brazil. Yeah. And, and the other big story, I mean, as, as you say, no big surprise there. Um, the other big story coming out of Brazil, and when I say big story, I use the word big advisedly. Uh, there's a 33 <laughs> meter reinforced concrete vulva, which has sparked um, a bit of a <laughs> backlash in Brazil uh, with supporters of uh, Bolsonaro um, clashing with uh, left wing art lovers over this uh, installation. Yeah, absolutely. Three three big stories in Brazil at the moment. You know, COVID continues to reach mm. uh, record levels and 200,000 deaths now in, in Brazil, then the, a, a possible bankruptcy of the nation. And then the third and most surprising story of all, as you say, this reinforced concrete vagina, which uh, has <laughs> cropped up on a hillside and has annoyed the bejesus out of uh, reactionary right wingers. And that is the talk of, of Brazil at the moment. The artist, uh, uh, wrote and I and I uh, and I quote that she intended to question the relationship between nature and culture in our phallocentric and anthropocentric societies. Whatever you think of that statement, a lot of people in Brazil are very annoyed. Yes, well, I mean, I suppose the whole idea of art installations is to provoke debate, isn't it? And uh, it certainly seems to have uh, done that. It was, um, but it, it's a hell of a piece, isn't it? I mean, that is, it is, it's, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, to describe it, I, you know, we're on radio, obviously. We, we talked about the size of it, this 33-meter reinforced mm. uh, concrete vagina, to say it for the third time. Um, but, it, you know, if you, if you imagine it on a hillside, it's, it's very red, it's very vibrant, and it's very present. It's not something that you can, that you can miss and has certainly been making – I mean, not that many people have seen it live because it's not in, in Rio or Sa Sao Paulo, but it's one of those things that has made television – news and has been splashed in 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 gorish uh, multicolor technicolor detail across the the country's media yeah Indeed, um, it has. I know the major splash is the right expression for it, but it certainly has. Now let's move to uh, to Venezuela, to uh, Caracas, and uh, Maduro is. Well, let's talk about the uh, their financial situation. Lost seventy five percent of the. You know, we 
talk about what's happened during the coronavirus here. But 75% of the nation's GDP has been lost under Maduro. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely amazing. We, we constantly, whenever we talk about uh, Venezuela and, and Maduro and, and that regime, the figures that, that we come up with are you know, off the scale in terms of mm. the biggest mass movement of people in Latin American history, the loss of between you know, a quarter and of a third of its standing population and so on. And the most incredible recent stat, which made you know, even my uh, eyes roll back into, into my head, was the fact that under Maduro, Venezuela has lost three quarters of its GDP. I mean, has any other country in history you know, done that over such a short mm. period of time. I mean, he's not been in power for that long. It's it's not double figures years or anything. Um, it's just staggering. Yeah, it is absolutely. Uh, and that means that, uh, you know, it's big ally in the region, which I suppose is uh, Cuba, uh, where they've devalued the currency and would maybe in, in past days look to uh, Venezuela uh, for some support. That's not going to come, is it? No, absolutely not. No, absolutely, as you say, traditional um, allies in in the region, leftist allies. But now there's an, a massive economic in, uh, crisis in Cuba, as you say, partly because Venezuela can't support it, but also because uh, tourism is really important for for Cuba, and that's down 75% because mm-hmm. of COVID. Also, Trump's aggression as regards remittances, so you know, money being sent back from uh, from the US basically isn't isn't happening, and there's an over reliance on. On, um, on imports in, in the country. So that's basically meant that they've got no access to, to hard currency and they've had to, um, to devalue the, the peso for the first time since, since the revolution. Um, and their two currency system, which is particularly strange anyway, has become one currency. So they had two currencies, one for tourists and for buying of, of, of foreign imports and then one for the, the man on the street. But that essentially led to a kind of economic apartheid and mass disparities in in a communist country in which there should have been none because some people had access to, to the dollar and to the, you know, to the foreign currency and, and a lot of people didn't. So it meant that you very much had haves and have nots. And that, that experiment has now ended. Yeah. Uh, let's finish, um, let's finish with the uh, Copa Libertadores. Uh, the semi-final first legs, uh, took place this week. Um, and that's really the, their equivalent of the, uh, of the Champions League, uh, in Europe. Uh, tell me about those matches. Yep, as you say, it's the semi-finals of the, of the Champions League equivalent. And essentially, we've got a, a playoff between Brazil and, and Argentina. I guess no surprise in some way because, you know, they are two of the big superpowers in, in the region. Um, River Plate and uh, of, uh, Argentina, one of the most famous um, football clubs in certainly in Argentina, if not mm. the world, uh, right. lost 3-0 at home to Palmeiras, the, the Brazilian uh, side, despite having 70% uh, possession and dominating the match, uh, but yeah, they got taken as, as suckers for for three at home. So I don't, I don't, how that's going to turn around? I mean, it's almost impossible to to conceive. And then uh, Boca Juniors, the other Argentine side at home to Santos in a really drab nil nil uh, nil nil stalemate. So we'll see what happens in the in the second leg. But certainly River Plate's recent dominance of the of the competition seems is coming to an end, uh, and they are bowing out. Right, so it's their two-legged uh, semi-finals. Uh, so River Plate yeah. do have a chance to get back, possibly, but three down, it's going to be difficult. They do. They've got to go away to. They've got to go away to. to I mean, I mean, we know now that there's a number of different you know, odd decisions taking place in, in football matches across the world, you know, which is being attributed to the lack of fans and so on. But certainly, them overtaking, overturning uh, a three-nil home defeat would take some doing.
Absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll leave it there, John, because um, we have to move on. But um, but bless you for that. And we'll uh, talk again uh, next week, if that's OK. Yep. Have a good week. And you. Good man. Uh, John Bonfilio there joining us from uh, Mexico. Uh, yeah.